Hello and welcome to another episode of the Jonesing for Sports podcast. And thankfully, Michigan and Michigan State basketball have given us lots to talk about. Michigan with one of the most exciting basketball games of the season so far in their win over Ohio State. And then Michigan State with a surprising upset over Illinois. And then we've got an exciting game to preview that's happening tonight. Michigan versus Iowa. That's going to be a fun one. Who knows what's going to happen tonight. Brandon and I are going to pretend like we know. Uh, And then we've got some fun football stuff to talk about as well. With Michigan has a new trophy game with Northwestern. And what's up with Michigan's QB room? Who's going to be the QB next year? JJ, Cade, we know who it's not going to be now. And that's something fun to talk about. So excited to get into it. Let's go. Well, Bran, we're moving closer to getting Cody back on the podcast. We uh, we don't have him back yet, but we are doing this over Zoom, and we can see Cody at least. Cody is working on his homework right now. Uh, at least that's what he says he's doing. But he's listening in. He's supporting, and hopefully he can hear all the trash talk we throw his way live so we can keep peer pressuring in, into joining us again. Yeah, not, not to... Uh you know, sound too, uh, you know, dramatic or anything, but I kind of feel like Moses when he got to climb the mountain and look at the promised land, but not actually go in. (laughs) And, uh, oh, he just moved the camera. All right, well, (laughs) Moses just died, everybody. He's looking up at at heaven. Uh, (laughs) But at least least Cody's getting to to be a part of it a little bit. So hopefully next, next week we'll have the gang back together and we'll we'll use this opportunity to talk as much trash as possible while he can't actually respond. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about, uh, the Michigan game. And I, I was just like, I was amazed at what Michigan state did against Illinois. So fun times. Yeah. Which game do you want to get into first today, Bran? Uh, let's, uh, let's go, let's start with what's happened. Uh, the furthest in the past because Michigan's already, you know, moving on from that Ohio state game. It almost seems like I almost felt like it was too late to talk about it, but at the same time, it was the game of the year. I mean that I, I struggled. I, I probably need to learn how to enjoy basketball games more (laughs) because during it, I felt like I was going to have a panic attack, but both teams played so well. Ohio state was making shot after shot. Um, contested shot after contested shot. Michigan answered, I mean, one of the best, most clutch performances I've seen from Chondi Brown. Um, you love to see the fight in Hunter Dickinson. Livers played amazing. The only guy who really didn't play as well was Franz Wagner. Um, <laughs> you brought up uh, Chondi Brown. If you listen to the Titus and Tate podcast, Titus is a big Ohio State fan, and he was talking about watching that game. And he said he saw Chandy Brown hit that first three, and he was like, all right, that's a good thing. Uh, he's just going to keep shooting, and that's going to be good for Ohio State. And then Chandy hit the second three, and he's like, all right, that's still a good thing. That just keeps motivating him to keep chucking up threes. Uh, and then he just kept making and had a fantastic game. And by the end of it, Titus was like, ah, well, this sucks. So <laughs> kudos to Chandy for going off there. He definitely has a silky, smooth stroke. When he shoots it, it looks like it's going in even when it doesn't. Um, so I I just got to say that that was a game that felt like a March game. That's probably the first time this year where I just felt like every single possession was like either you're going to win or you're going to lose if you don't make this basket. And most of the rest of the year it's like, oh, no, you know, you've got uh, – you know, Austin Davis in there, Brandon Johns in there, and it's like, well, you know, give him a few minutes. But in that game, I'm like, I don't want to see Austin Davis. <laughs> I don't want to see Brandon Johns. I want to see the best guys. I only want to see Chondi come off the bench. Uh, and, at this, you know, that's not realistic. You have to give guys rest. But I was, I just felt like I was suffocating when Brandon Johns and Austin Davis were on the court at the same time. Uh, and that actually did correspond with some poor possessions offensively for Michigan during that stretch it just oh man it felt like a March Madness game and it delivered uh kudos Ohio State 
at the same time, now, uh, this is sour grapes, but <laughs> holy cow, this is why I was okay after the game. That whole day, I felt literally like high on that victory. Yep. I was just so happy, and it's probably because as a Michigan fan, we don't really get to celebrate beating Ohio State, a good Ohio State team in our sports very often. And that just, oh, it felt so good. <laughs> and for this team to beat them while giving up 87 points, but also, man, the officiating was rough. Uh, Cody could attest to this. At one point, uh, I had to remove myself from the from the TV watching. Did you? Because... <laughs> because the ball was uh, passed down to Hunter Dickinson, and he had a, a mismatch. It was, I believe his name's Kyle Young. I'm not sure if I'm getting his first name right, but it was Young for Ohio State. He's uh, basically like a small forward. And Dickinson just backed him down so easily, turned around for a dunk, and they called him for an offensive charge. When the other guy didn't even, like, flop, he was literally playing into him, trying to push Dickinson, but Dickinson got called for being bigger and stronger. And he did everything textbook perfect, and they called it a charge. And at that moment, I just stood up, walked upstairs, because I, <laughs> I just had to remove myself. And like while we're watching it, Dad's like, why did he leave? Because he didn't realize yet that he saw the whistle assumed it was and one. And Cody, Cody goes, Dad, they called that a charge. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> they called that a charge? So gave myself about 30, 45 seconds. Calmed down, returned, and somehow, even through those terrible calls, Michigan persevered, which I'm not used to seeing. Usually, our teams, they get down, and if the refs step in and help us get down, they don't punch back and climb out. And every single time it got close, Michigan would, would respond. And I was just blown away by it. I was sitting in the airport terminal in Phoenix, Arizona, watching this game on my phone, and I was pumping my fists and like verbally like under my breath like saying yeah or, that's a bad call people probably thought i was crazy uh but it was michigan ohio state and i was so pumped uh and after watching i sat down just like you so happy uh and then we facetimed together and we talked about being happy so it was it was a crazy uh crazy events so happy to see michigan come out on top after uh, a game like that that, like you said, we're not used to. But one thing you said there, Bren, was that the refing was pretty poor. Wasn't it just an episode ago that you were talking about how the refing has been really good this year? No. <laughs> I said it hasn't been as bad. And okay. even in that game, while I was frustrated with the refing, it wasn't – it was bad. It was very bad. But it wasn't so bad that I could not continue – I just had to step out for a minute. I didn't have to completely stop watching. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> rough calls. Uh, you know, and there there was probably a couple rough calls both ways. But I, I felt like the, uh, the, the Columbus atmosphere kind of got to them in that they – there was an Ohio State lean, I felt like, with a lot of the calls. Um, at the same time, Ohio State did themselves a lot of favors. I was so impressed with um, Dwayne Washington. Uh, he had, like, what, 30-some points. Yeah, 30. Uh, okay. Th- I actually tweeted about this. The guy that was guarding him was uh, Eli Brooks. And apparently, you're allowed to murder Eli Brooks yeah. if it's Eli Brooks. Like, he-, he was getting just shoved. Uh, if-, if you're playing defense and the guy just jumps through you and you're just, like, standing there, that is not a block or it's not a shooting foul. I was just <laughs> besides myself. Uh because poor Eli Brooks, just he gets beat up all the time. But in that game especially, it was like, if if you're Eli Brooks, foul. I don't care that you were the one who just got shoved seven feet across the floor. There was one at the top of the key where uh, Washington just he was driving and he did kind of that step back and just shoved oh, bad. shoved Eli Sh- shoulder <laughs> shoulder down and full extension. And they called nothing. And I, I'm in the airport like that's a foul. And I said it out loud, not that loud, but still out loud. I'm sure people were staring at me thinking I was a little crazy. Uh, but, it, yeah, that was really obnoxious. So very thankful for the outcome. What do you think about the people who look at this and see how happy Michigan fans are and say, wow, it's crazy you're getting so excited about a regular season college basketball game. It's like you don't even know March is coming. What do you have to say to those people? 
I would say that those people are jealous because <laughs> this is uh well, this is the best Big Ten start Michigan's had since like the sixties, I believe. Um Michigan State has almost assured that Michigan's gonna win the Big Ten outright with their win over Illinois. Uh you have a right to be excited and not yes, March is when you hang banners, but this team is giving you every reason to believe that they're going to do something in March. I mean, that's why I was so proud about that victory is the response that they had, even when Ohio State was scoring just about every possession. That was the high. I think Ohio State was scoring 1.3 points per possession, wow. which is the highest Michigan has like ever given up. And it didn't even matter. Like, if you were to look back at stats and say, okay, Ohio State is going to score. 87 points. Uh, Dwayne Washington's going to have 30-some points. EJ Liddell's going to have his like usual like 20 and 10 or whatever. You would have thought, oh, man, Michigan lost. But they scored over 90 points, and they haven't been doing that. This team can win in multiple ways. They can either just overwhelm you offensively, they can smother you defensively, and they've just got the dudes. I mean, Hunter Dickinson, I, I'm just falling more and more in love with him. I love how he plays. Uh, that play when Hunter Dickinson went up with the ball and three Ohio State players fell to the ground like dominoes. It was, it was awesome. It was so awesome, and it was also hilarious. The pictures of it afterwards were so great. I loved it. And uh, once again, I just can't sing Shawnee Brown's praises enough. So uh, moving on, I guess. I, I I don't see, because I, I saw that there was an article about how Michigan's fans' response to this game is an indictment on the state of uh, just Michigan athletics in general, how we have to have something to be happy about. Literally any fan base would be excited if their team was about to win their conference t- uh, title, about to be a one seed, just beat your rival in a three versus four matchup. So... Uh, I just don't – I think anyone who has uh, has a negative take after Michigan fans' response to that is uh, – it's just a poor look on their part, I think. Any fan base is going to celebrate a win like that. That felt that was the biggest college basketball game of the year, and Michigan just came out and validated that they are a national title contender. Yeah, the only game that would have uh, rivaled it would have been that Baylor-Gonzaga game at the beginning of the year, but it got canceled. And even that would have been one of those early season games where you right. can't really tell quite yet. So this you, you nailed it. By far the biggest game of the year so far. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but you, you're you a hater to not enjoy that kind of basketball. And like especially if you're a fan of one of those teams to do that and say, why is that team and why are their fans excited about a regular season win? Uh, just to ask a question like that, you're a hater and an idiot and i don't want to be friends with you so yeah why are we excited about that game because it shuts up the haters oh (laughs) michigan doesn't have good wins how about that that's the best win of any team this year michigan had tweeted about that they were on their hottest start in the conference uh conference start ever and illinois retweeted i think it was illinois barstool or something like that they retweeted well you haven't played anybody good yet you haven't played the top three teams yet uh well, now we have, so here we go. <laughs> uh, moving on to that other team in the state who did something amazing this week as well was they beat the number five team in the country, Michigan State, upset Illinois. Uh, and that was a fun one. We watched all to, like all together from different locations. We're texting each other about it. Uh, Cody was upset about it because he, uh, he had some bets on it. I bet against Michigan State as well. So it was a fun game to watch. And Michigan State came out playing like they were trying to finish the season strong, like they had something to play for. And that's something I don't remember seeing at all this year in any of their wins so far. So kudos to them and Izzo for at least getting this game going. I don't know what they'll do the rest of the year, but that's a big win. They, they made an Illinois offense that has been cruising look really discombobulated. Io DeSumo uh, looked 
real bad offensively. Um, there was a uh, fun fact. Co- Kofi Co- Co- Coburn has two assists on the whole Big Ten season. All season long, only two assists. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, and Michigan State held him to that number. I don't think he had an assist that game. He played okay just because he's a monster of a man. Uh, but overall, they looked horrible. Um, yeah. They made it close a little bit at the end. And as Bran was talking about before we started recording, uh, Io DeSumo stole the ball in trash time to make it uh, a deficit of under 10 points. So that was big for them. Kind of a chump move, but it really uh, it, it helps it look like less of a worse loss, which might be good for them come tournament time with seeding and whatnot. So, Bran, what was your big takeaways from that game? Uh, lots of takeaways. Uh, my first, just biggest impression, uh, Josh Langford was the Langford that I remembered seeing. And, and he's kind of progressed to this point, but in that game, he was dangerous. He was a weapon. Uh, he had that quickness and just a confidence that we haven't really seen this year. Uh, what did he have? Like 15 rebounds. The, the guy was just dynamite, and then Aaron Henry was able to build off of that, and he played like the player I thought he was. He had 16 and, rebounds. Uh, Holy cow. 16. I, I cut him short. Um, yeah, he was awesome. If if you're a Michigan State fan, it's got to feel good to, to see that. Um, I think on the last pod I said something like, because I, I, at that point I thought the season was done. If, if they're able to scrape this into somehow making the tournament – Boy, you just have to take your hat off to Izzo with some. That would be the most impressive form of manufactured adversity because he's finally got his guys now. Because uh, you'll notice the the big man that he rolled out there against Coburn, he just constantly he had. Uh, I believe Marble started, and then Sissoko went out there, and uh, he he basically ran out his best guys. Bingham got out there. Now they all did foul out basically at the end, but. The fact that he was leaning on those guys over Kithier made a huge difference in the game. Um, I, honestly, I, I think that now that they've got their rotation starting to come together, late in the year for that, by the way, but they have had the guys, they just haven't had them working together. Rocket Watts played better than usual. Um, if they can get those kinds of performances and repeat that, uh, I believe they're playing Ohio State tonight at 9. If if they can string that together, they could make a run here. But I was just really impressed with, with Langford. Uh, before, it kind of seemed like he was that older guy in the open gym who used to be pretty good, but kind of labors running up and down the court. His cuts always seem a second or two slower than they should be. But he had that explosiveness back. I don't know what he – he must have had some of Mike's secret stuff before the game because he just – he was electric. And Aaron Henry was great, too. So I was really impressed. I did think Illinois didn't play as well as, as they should have. Coburn, I thought, played poorly. Um, now, just by virtue of being huge, he's still a factor. But, boy, he missed so many open shots. Uh, Dosumi wasn't as involved as usual. The guy that needs to be more involved was Trent Frazier, who just about knocked down every three that he took. So Illinois is dangerous, but you know they've proven that they can take nights off. Not saying they took the night off per se, but they definitely didn't play as well as they have been. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what Michigan State does against Ohio State tonight. One of my favorite takeaways, one of my favorite moments of the game was uh, Michigan State kind of had a little bit of a fast break. Uh, and Bishanishvili from Illinois, he didn't get back on defense at all. He like just kind of jogged yeah, up the floor. he just complains. Yeah, he was just walking up the floor. Well, then they had a timeout, and the next thing they show on the TV is Basanishvili in their huddle, like screaming and yelling and trying to hype up his team, like yelling at players. And if I just saw my teammate walking up the floor, and then he comes and yells in my face to, we got to keep playing, playing <laughs> like, hard. Like, dude, shut up. There's no way I'm listening to that guy. And then like five minutes later in the game, he bricks a dunk, which was – hilarious uh just not a good game for him he ended with he ended with zero points that's rough what a chump 
Uh, so he really he, if we were doing a bad guy pick like a villain, he really jumped up high on my villain list with seeing him walk up the floor like that, and then yelling. Oh man, that rubbed me the wrong way big time. So kudos to Sparties for shutting him up. Uh, but also kudos to Sparty for making uh, Io DeSumo look not very good. If you just watched the last 10 minutes of that game, uh, DeSumo did not look like uh, NBA lottery player, first round pick. Michigan State, he looks athletic, but he looked like, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, that Purdue guard that plays similarly, just athletic. Um, but he couldn't shoot a dang thing, missed so many free throws. If he would have made those free throws, uh, he had like he had two free throws in the ball back. If he would have made any of those, uh, I think he made one out of four free throw attempts in a row, and that game would have been totally different, and it would have been close coming down the stretch. So kudos to Michigan State for fighting, and uh, you say they got Ohio State tonight. Ooh, yeah. Ohio State tonight, uh, Maryland after that, and then Indiana again, and then they finish with uh, a season series at Michigan, and then Michigan comes to East Lansing. So let's see here. I've got five a big, more games. Big worry and they're for 12 Michigan and nine. State still. Twelve. Ooh. So they're they're very much still in it. I with a loss at Illinois, I was ready just to count them out. I, everyone assumed the loss at Illinois, but uh, boy, they, boy, I, I think probably this this conversation is better suited till after the game tonight. But um, if they're able to beat Ohio State, which I, you never know, but I, I don't see that happening. Uh, but if they could, they they could string together some wins, and it's going to be huge if they get string together some wins. How they play against Michigan at, to end the year that. That could actually be a really meaningful game. I got a really what big What was question. your concern? Yeah. <laughs> My concern is that Michigan State looked that good uh, and Foster Lawyer did not play. If Foster Lawyer comes back, I'm scared that he's, he's a game-time decision tonight versus Ohio State. If he comes back and gets put back in this offense, uh, I, I say that's the poison and they don't make March Madness. Well, that's <laughs> that's 100% correct. Um, I think I texted during the Illinois game that if Lawyer plays again this year, unless it's like a 20-point blowout, that Izzo should lose his job. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does not belong. It's, uh, Kithier it's so too. clear. Kithier played six minutes in that game. Get it through your freaking skull, Izzo. <laughs> Kithier and Lawyer suck so much. Get them off the floor. These other guys are athletes freaks of nature who can do amazing things on the floor let them get better but instead you're putting these white pieces of hot garbage <laughs> on the floor who are not helping anybody kithier is straight garbage foster lawyer i mean we're as big as foster lawyer and we should not be playing d1 basketball by any means uh well a, to, to be fair uh kithier had to play because all of the bigs fouled out because <laughs> they just were playing hack a coat Kofi so um well I'm fine with that if he's playing injury minutes like sure that's why he's on the team <laughs> for some depth <laughs> but not to no, start he's the starting he's the starting five Trav <laughs> that's ridiculous to me no and I, that's why I I going forward he was he didn't get the start against Illinois uh you you saw that the three guys that got the most playing time was Bingham Sissoko and, and Marble and that's that's your three guys. If you're rotating those guys at your at your five, you're in a good shape. I, I like all those guys. Although I, uh, I do think uh, Medisa Soko has kind of shown himself to be a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, holy cow! <laughs> that was such a bad hard foul on Desunmu. Uh, he didn't even have the ball at that point, and he just raked him with both hands. <laughs> uh, so that that was uh, I think he did rightfully get uh, ejected from that game. He'll have I, to learn I liked a little it. Bit. At the same time, I liked it. Because it was like it did nothing good for Michigan State, but it was this super hard-nosed, dirty play that just added some like <laughs> character to the game. I enjoyed I, I watching no, it. I have no, I have no, no problem with it if he had the ball, because <laughs> that's 
that's the kind of foul where you're just making sure that they're not getting an and one. Uh, but he didn't have the ball. <laughs> the ball's <laughs> out of bounds, and he doesn't care. He's just coming down and clocking him in the face, uh, which I think there's probably a little bit of uh, frustration because he got rocked pretty good a few times by Kofi Coburn, <laughs> and uh, he, you know, Sissoko's not a small dude by any means, so he's not used to getting manhandled like that. So he, he wanted a little bit of retribution, so I understand. But uh, I think he's got he's got a future there just like uh, Marble and, and hopefully Bingham if, if he doesn't transfer out because, you know, at this point, once again, Izzo is way too late in deciding to utilize these guys. Uh, but at the same time, you know, maybe he's like, well, you know, if I hold them back until the very end of February, then we'll really peak in March. But we'll see. They got a, a huge test tonight. Yeah, if I'm Bingham, I'm looking at Florida State, Alabama, heading south. Uh, Florida State, they're known for those big athletic guys, uh, 6'10 and up. It's like their whole starting lineup 6'10. Bingham fits that perfectly. Um, I hope he stays at Michigan State. I really do. I think Izzo's – and Izzo always keeps guys. And I, I like that we're talking about him thinking about leaving, and it's not even a storyline yet. We've just, like, created that storyline of him. Because he should leave. <laughs> he should have left last year. This this guy, Izzo has – oh. Okay. Bingham used to have an outside shot. Like, he could have – he was the perfect stretch big man that Izzo has turned into this way, you know, way undersized five because he's l- big and long – but he's very skinny. He's not a guy that's going to bang in the post. So, uh, I just feel like Izzo has not developed him because he's got all the ability in the world. But that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We'll move on. So, uh, Michigan State taking on Ohio State uh, in East Lansing tonight. Do you think they got a shot tonight? Uh, how do, what's your prediction for tonight's game? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to hard for me to peg these Spartans um when Cody told me that he had picked Illinois um and I I don't know if he picked the the money line or the spread um but when he told me that in the game I was like oh man because from the beginning I didn't like that game I wanted to pick it but I just felt like there was that it wasn't gonna go like I expected it to which I, you would have picked a blowout. I mean, State had recently lost by 30 to Iowa, and Illinois has beaten Iowa. So you'd expect it to be similar. But um, then they go up and they win by 9, and it should have been 11. So you just don't know. I think if I'm picking it, I do expect Ohio State to win. However, Ohio State is down uh, one or two. I'm not sure if if uh, Jalo is back, but I know that Young is out for a concussion protocol. Um but I, I don't know. It's hard to say how Ohio State's going to respond after, you know, that's a big loss. They You could tell they had a lot of energy put into that Michigan game. Uh, Holtman had basically come out with a new rivalry tradition where if they beat Michigan, they're going to get gold jerseys, which is kind of similar to the football situation where if you're at Ohio State and you beat Michigan in football, you get the gold pants. So they had a lot of, uh, they had kind of put their eggs in the Michigan basket. We'll see if if they've got enough for the Michigan State basket. I if I'm picking the game, I do think Ohio State's gonna gonna be able to go away with this one, but it's hard. <laughs> I'm very interested. I'll just put it that way because I, I do feel like their season is really at a tipping point. I thought we've already passed a tipping point, but after Illinois, they've kind of possibly resurrected their chances. And if they want to continue their keep their hopes alive, it's it's a must win tonight. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not convinced yet that uh, Izzo is going to use this team the correct way with Foster Lawyer and Kithier. I think maybe he saw the athleticism at Illinois and did something different. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Izzo learned from that and puts out the right people tonight. Uh, and if he does, who knows? This this team's playing with a lot of heart. Ohio State's coming off a tough loss. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I think, man, oh, I think Ohio State's favored by four points right now. And I don't know. That's a pretty low spread for a good team. I might take that. But Michigan State's got a lot to fight for. So who knows? 
it's really hard for me to tell what's going to happen, but I'm going to be watching it for sure. So the other game of the night coming up tonight, number three, Michigan versus number nine, Iowa. Uh, if you're looking for high scoring events, this could be it, depending on how Iowa and uh, Michigan play here. But super excited for that one. Bran, give me your take on what we're going to watch tonight. Uh, oh, we're doing this as if uh, as if the game's already happened? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, not yet? Oh. <laughs> so, okay, so I'll backtrack a second. Let's talk about the game. It hasn't happened yet. It's happening tonight. But by the time most people listen to this, the game's probably going to have happened. So after we preview it, let's do some reviews just and like we predict what's going to happen. So maybe we give one or two different reviews uh, with our best prediction of what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you can preview it just very simply it's it's hunter versus garza and uh i saw this on twitter i can't remember who posted it but it's that scene from the office where kevin is like explaining um two people who are feuding and they just like you know blurt out the words that kevin was saying and put in like hunter and and garza and it's like so in one corner we've got hunter and he is good and in the other we have Garza and he is good. So that's about it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's the whole game. It's going to be Dickinson versus Garza. Um I do think that if Michigan can they they could probably give Garza 30 and 10 and be okay as long as they keep Iowa's other great players from going off. Because and, and I hate to say that because that's kind of how Michigan played it last year. Uh, I believe Garza scored over 40 uh, against Teske. But Iowa has been uh, basically throwing into Garza, and then he'll pass it out. And guys like Wieskamp or Bohannon are just snipers from deep. And if as long as you can kind of keep Wieskamp from going off, and I, I think – if there's a team that is equipped to handle those other guys, I do think it's Michigan. They have really great defense, especially Wagner, and I, I like the defense from the guards. So just uh, limiting, you know, not don't give Garza 40, but if he's he's going to get his. Um, the biggest thing is going to be, I think, Garza's conditioning versus Dickinson because Garza can go all 40 minutes, and he'll go hard the whole 40 minutes. And uh, the game is... Is it at Iowa? I can't remember. Uh, it's at Michigan. Okay, that's huge because Garza gets superstar calls all the time. And you just cannot allow Dickinson to get in foul trouble. Uh, so, honestly, I'd prefer to see Dickinson play kind of back off defense. But it's going to be a clash of the Titans, really. So, I'm excited about it. I think... It's one of those things where you have to expect eventually Michigan's going to fall, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't be they can't be spot on a plus game every single time. But at the same time, I like Michigan to win. I'm not saying I don't want to lock it in or anything because I definitely could see Iowa getting hot, Michigan, you know, finally faltering. It's been a long season; they've had the pause. You'd expect it before the end of the year, and then they kind of bring it back. So, I I do like this matchup for Michigan. But uh, mostly just going to be watching Garza and probably hating him the whole time because he's going to get those dumb calls. But <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing, just watching that matchup. Uh, and hopefully Michigan's other four guys can outplay Iowa's four guys, and that's that's the key to me. I'm really looking forward to watching Dickinson versus Garza because all preseason they, work, they were workout partners. Uh, and probably Dickinson has Garza to thank for the awesome season he's having a little bit uh, with how things went so well there. So um, really looking forward to that. I am anxious, too, because I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it's going to be a, a load of fun. Uh, so I think you covered the preview really well. Let's go into our uh, review, or <laughs> let's review it looking into what we think is going to happen. So 
I'm, I'm really thinking there's two opportunities here. The Michigan letdown uh, after a huge win from Ohio State or the, uh, the like you said, they, they continue winning. So you want to jump into that first brand, which which uh, <laughs> outcome do you think could possibly happen? That that depends. Are, are, we, are you just going to take the opposite outcome from me? That way one yeah. of us is right? <laughs> yeah, we'll cover it so one of us is right. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, well, to be honest, Trav, uh, not exactly the game that we were expecting. Uh, definitely it was a treat to watch Dickinson and Garza battle back and forth. Unfortunately, you know, Dickinson did come out on the, probably the, the wrong side of that, getting into foul trouble early. Garza getting calls that, well, let's just say, uh, caused some, some words to be said, uh, by many fans in Wolverine Nation, but fortunately they were able to scrape and claw out a lower than expected scoring game. Uh, Michigan's defense made all the difference in the world. Garza got his, but the other guys were were pretty much locked up. You know, Wieskamp had a a few clutch threes here that kept the game close for longer than it should have been close. But uh, the huge game by Isaiah Livers, and of course some some timely baskets by Sean D. Brown brought the Wolverines a another clutch victory. Not in the way we expected. Would have thought Dickinson would have been more involved, uh, you know, offensively, but he had his hands full with Garza. Once again, Garza pads his stats, but in a losing effort. Uh, definitely, you know, surprised that we, we saw such a low-scoring effort. Uh, you know, you would have thought if Michigan was only going to score 72 points that they would have lost this game. However... Wolverines win again, moving on towards the first Big Ten title in Juwan Howard's tenure. Who was your? Uh, who was the game of the uh, player of the game, Brand? Uh, once again, you you've got to give it to Isaiah Livers. Uh, the guy has been a force, uh, borderline the MVP for the team this year, probably between him and uh, Dickinson. But you know those timely threes, that a couple steals that led to those fast break dunks that kind of kept the team, you know, excited. Those big dunks help with the the momentum. And he's been a, a steady, calm presence that he, he wasn't at the beginning of the year, but he's kind of found it and now looking like one of the best players in the nation. In alternate reality news, Michigan drops a tight one to Iowa with Luca Garza going for 45. Oh. Austin Davis uh, and Dickinson have to battle together uh, with early foul trouble coming to Dickinson. Uh, really puts him in a pinch. Davis holds his own, but Garza is just a load. And it gives us reminiscence of last year where every big man we played against put up season and career highs. Uh, not, not to Dickinson's fault, I don't think. He played really hard, but the calls weren't going his way. And uh, what can you do when you're battling down low? The refs call it sometimes. So the Michigan kept it close, though. Guard play was really awesome. Um, the guys did what you'd expect from them, but uh, what can you do when the the calls are going the big guy's way? So, And you know what? I'm not even that upset about this loss because we just came off the biggest win in recent memory of a regular season game for Michigan. Uh, you would expect kind of a letdown. You would expect a little bit of a letdown. We saw it. It was coming. They've had a break. They have had a long season, one loss. I mean, what's another loss? There's still going to be a lock for a high March Madness seed. Uh, so I'm not necessarily that upset about it. Disappointed, because like you said, I thought it was a good matchup for Michigan, but it's a long season, and eventually somebody's going to get you. And I'd rather it happen right now than the Big Ten tournament or March Madness. So ultimately not too upset, but got to give props to the big ugly guy from Iowa for putting up 45 on us. What what was the most frustrating part of the loss for for you? The first 5 minutes uh with Dickinson picking up two early fouls. Uh you know how Garza plays like a uh unibrowed animal. He's swinging one big unibrowed elbow. He, yeah, so he's swinging around wildly down there, but Dickinson's getting the fouls called on him. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're, you have to stand in there. you got to stand in front, uh, but it just didn't go Dickinson's way. 
Yeah, for me, it was probably uh, Garza going 12 of 13 from the free throw line. I mean, that just <laughs> kills you. And, that uh, is really frustrating. And uh, seeing, you know, with them in foul trouble, seeing Brandon Johns trying to to guard Garza at the end there, it's just like, okay, well, can we just forfeit? So <laughs> you're not expecting to see that type of uh, matchup too often. You know, that's a worst-case scenario, and that's what we ran into tonight. So, uh, you know, I think we'll get a little bit a little bit more balanced officiating in different games, and I doubt we'll run into Luca Garza, you know, come tourney time, so. Well, we might come up against him in the uh, Big Ten tourney time. And if that happens, I think uh, whatever happens today gets us more prepared for that and we, we'll be able to handle him. Yep, they'll, they'll have more prep, you know, have all the faith in the world in Michigan's coaches. So they'll, they'll make the adjustments and uh, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll be hanging up banners. In other alternate reality news, it was really disappointing to watch Foster Lawyer and Kithier play a combined <laughs> 60 minutes tonight. Uh, and just <laughs> Ohio State, ugh, that was a drumming. <laughs> real, real prediction. I don't think Lawyer plays at all tonight. Uh, and because of that, Ohio State and Michigan State will actually be a good game. So, <laughs> as we're talking about things that haven't quite happened yet, uh, and we may be totally wrong, that reminds me, uh, we had a, a listener that listened to a, a episode a few episodes back and he told me we got some facts wrong and he was just laughing while at home listening to us talk uh foolishly and that was when we were talking about the killian hayes rant and we kept talking about how he can't use his left hand you know what was silly about that he's left-handed can't use his right hand <laughs> and we just kept well, talking that- <laughs> about how he can't use his left hand well then that's on the articles i've read then because they all they all mention he can't use his left hand <laughs> but they must have just assumed that you seeing how most people are right hand dominant yeah that must be uh he's very one-handed dominant so i get it we weren't necessarily wrong on the concept but breaking it down to facts we were a little off there <laughs> so well i think I've, yeah speak Speaking of Pistons, uh, last pod I think we we mentioned the Blake Griffin uh, news. One one pro I just wanted to throw in there from that was that we've gotten to see more and more of Sadiq Bay, so that's that's exciting. Was able to hit a prop bet on him the other day, uh, combined points, rebounds, and assists, and uh, he had quite a game. So I like that we're seeing the future, even if it's at the cost of sitting a guy that's costing us about thirty-seven and a half million a year. <laughs> yeah, he uh Sadiq Bey has been looking fantastic. He got the uh Eastern Conference player of the week, which is huge. So, I can't remember the stat, but he's the first Piston or first Pistons rookie to get that in many years. So kudos to him. And then Jeremy Grant's looking awesome. The team, the team actually has really good chemistry right now, which has been fun to watch. I've been watching the last few games of theirs. Uh, they're, it's it's funny they're not a good NBA team, but it lets you know their coach is awesome. I hope they keep him around throughout this rebuild and beyond. He did great things in Toronto. He's doing good things with us. The players seem to like him. The players seem to be meshing really well. And the other thing I'm loving is Andre Drummond is sucking in Cleveland right now. <laughs> Makes me so happy. <laughs> so, uh, that was a good little Pistons take, Bren. Yeah, uh, I, I read a quote from a uh, NBA scout. It was about Drummond. It said, the guy can get you 30 and 20 a night and have zero impact on the game. <laughs> it just made me really happy to, to hear someone else trashing him like that love that (laughs) so moving away from basketball for a minute we have some fun football conversations to talk about real quick and the first being michigan now has a new trophy game they have uh do you remember the name of the trophy brand putting you on the spot a little bit yeah uh so here's here's the facts michigan and northwestern have established a new trophy game 
It is the George Jewett Trophy. It's the first rivalry game trophy named for an African-American player in FBS history. Uh, George played for both schools, and he was the first black pl black player in big, big Ten history. So, uh, we on the pod are all fans of trophy games. <laughs> the more trophies, the better. We love them. And uh, even as hideous as some of these trophies are, like the uh, land-grant trophy that Michigan State plays for against Penn State, um, silly trophies like water jugs or um, Paul Bunyan, you know, the lumberjack, we don't care. It could be... Uh, it could be like a bronze pig or an old oaken bucket. We, we're excited about those things. So the more trophy games, the better. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think it's obviously going to be a like really positive for, for the school press-wise. People are going to be all about it. Uh, from a football perspective, I'm like, oh, man, uh, that's another thing we're going to lose at. <laughs> because, you know, you look back at – Michigan's trophy games, all of them started way back when, you know. Uh, Michigan's rivalry with Minnesota is one of the oldest in all of college football. Um, I think the Paul Bunyan Trophy was like, you know, back in the 60s or 70s. So these these things were established when Michigan was really good. Uh, Northwestern is, they just locked up Pat Fitzgerald for like another decade. And he is the perfect coach there. And Michigan locked up Jim Harbaugh for another few years. And people are like, oh, well, uh -oh. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so if you're if you're a Northwestern fan, you're thinking to yourself, we're going to be bringing home this George Jewett trophy. If you're a Michigan fan, you're thinking, well, I really hope it's not even more embarrassing when we lose to Northwestern because we're not supposed to lose to Northwestern. And now they're going to be <laughs> rubbing a trophy in our face. So – I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit nervous because it's one more thing that Michigan is probably not going to be taking home this fall. Are there any pictures out there yet of this trophy? I haven't seen anything, no. I haven't yet either, but so let's if if you could build your own college rivalry trophy, would you have it look more like the land grant trophy? Uh between Penn State and Michigan State, the one that looks like it was a science fair uh, presentation <laughs> or would you have it more like the brass platoon or the cannon uh the purdue cannon lots of fun ones out there How, what would you do for There's if you were to ones. design a you trophy know, well i mean if if you were to design any trophy there's a million directions you could go uh you know i, I love uh, paul bunyan's axe but for this one it's named after uh, actual person and I think it would be great to literally have a trophy be like a statue of him that'd be cool yeah so uh, uh, with maybe a it, split jersey because he played for both teams yes there it is okay so uh, <laughs> a split jersey um, you know make it make it just look real legit so it's not maybe something that is viewed humor humorously kind of like the land grant is um maybe not as cartoonish as as some of these others because it's more of like a historical one kind of like uh, honoring someone so that's that's what i would do i'm sure that there's many other more creative ways that people could come up with it but i think an actual like trophy with him like on the top as a statue would be pretty cool and uh definitely the trophy you want to bring home to ann arbor Another idea for it, uh, what what body of water separates Northwestern and Michigan? Lake Michigan. Yeah. If we could have a trophy somehow designed around Lake Michigan, Ooh, that'd be okay. cool. Kind of like a... Could be the Lake Michigan trophy. Maybe a trophy of, of like a big blue wave. Ooh. With... Uh, whatever his name surfing it george jewett yeah with george jewett surfing on the wave yeah that that might go into the cartoonish category i was talking about but uh the lake michigan trophy would be a really really cool trophy uh so that that would be pretty neat um Ooh, or what if it was a helmet that split michigan's michigan uh northwestern helmet 
maybe a old man, style. Man, you should go into like trophy design. There. These are killer ideas. <laughs> I'm just really passionate about college uh, rivalry trophies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should have had you on the committee when they came with up with the land grant trophy. Did you know Illinois and Ohio State have a trophy they play for? No, what what is it? The Illibuck Eli it's like Illini. Yeah. I L L I Buck. Uh it's a it's a turtle. It's a wooden turtle. It's a wooden turtle. I love it. <laughs> so in 1925 a live turtle was chosen as a trophy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. Oh, the two schools also used to smoke a peace pipe during halftime? Is this real? <laughs> Someone needs to fact check me right now. This what what website are you using? Uh, it's a Rutgers-based blog. Hmm. <laughs> well, it sounds like we got to bring through... some of these traditions back. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois probably still smokes a peace pipe at halftime just to get over there drudging against Ohio State. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, we, we uh, love we well, love uh, rivalry trophies, so it's always good to add more, <laughs> and it's going to give some more juice between Michigan versus Northwestern, which is, a, in my opinion, should be more of a rivalry. They're both academic institutions. Um, Northwestern's a cool school. If you if, it, if there's a place to be cool to play football, I think Northwestern would be one of them. You're just looking at their um, football facility that overlooks like Michigan, and like they've got basically a whole wall of just glass, so you can basically work out and be overlooking the the lake is just awesome it's just oh gets me all worked up just thinking about it so but uh yeah we should uh, probably get off of football because uh although i guess we're going to talk more about the quarterback situation football. but basketball is a little more fun to talk about seeing how we are looking forward to probably winning the big 10 where we haven't done that in football in years so well, we can keep this next segment short because as the football season approaches, we were probably going to talk about this like crazy in the off season. But real quick, because it's uh, just happened, Michigan's quarterback room has changed a lot with Joe Milton uh, seemingly one of the top candidates for the starting job for this year entering the transfer portal. And all the Joneses said, amen. <laughs> uh you can take that as I'm very excited that he's gone and we don't have to worry about that obstacle of choosing to start him or not. Uh, but now we got two guys, Cade and JJ, who's going to be the starter there. Uh, we got all offseason to speculate. I'm sure Harbaugh's not going to tell us until week one. But uh, I like both of those guys, and I'm going to be excited whoever we put out there, as long as it's JJ or Cade. You know what? I don't think it matters who. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> this is going sad. <laughs> Wait, when you said all the Joneses said amen, I didn't say anything because I don't think Joe Milton is the problem. The problem no. is the program. The problem is Jim Harbaugh. I mean, if is is it Joe Milton's fault or is it Dylan McCaffrey's fault? Or is it Shea Patterson's fault? Oh, no, no. It's, uh, it's Brandon Peters' fault. It's not Brandon Peters' fault. <laughs> It's Wilton Spate's fault. No, it's John O'Corn's fault. Right, fair, fair. <laughs> Every <laughs> single quarterback, and the next one's going to be the savior of the program. Joe Milton can throw it 80 yards from his knees. Yeah, but he can't throw it <laughs> into the chest of a guy 10 yards down the field. Well, Cade McNamara can only read, play one couldn't... half of a game healthy. And J.J. Yeah. is, you know, he's a five-star, but so is Shea Patterson. Dylan McCaffrey was a borderline five-star. Brandon Peters was a borderline five-star. I mean, Harbaugh is, he has had quarterback after quarterback, and you can't tell me that every single one of them sucks because every single one of them was highly regarded. And uh, you know what? At this point, I'm done getting excited about quarterbacks. And until they actually show me, I'm just going to expect the same. Now, yes, Milton was bad, but uh, and I'm not saying that JJ or uh, what's his face, Frosted Tips, Cade, um, Cade 
I'm not saying that they won't be better than Milton, but I'm not expecting them to uh, actually take the step from well from where Harbaugh was that nine and three, ten and two, yeah. to where we want them to be, which is actually contending. Um, now, hopefully, they go from I mean, they were the worst team in the Big Ten last year in their division. Technically, Michigan State was worse by record, but Michigan State beat them. Uh, so they they don't belong there. They they recruit second best in the the conference every year so they should be the second best team uh uh anyways if i had to pick one i would say uh i'd like to see him build so maybe give jj the reins and let him play for the next three years but uh cade was another highly recruited guy i don't think there's any problem with him as a quarterback i think he could be very good but the problem isn't with the players there. It's with the coaches, the program itself. And uh, I just do not see them becoming who we want them to be. Hoping hoping I'm dead I, wrong. I agree with you on almost everything you've said. I also think I would like them to build with JJ. Uh, but also, as I've said many times on this podcast, there's something about Cade that he's just – he comes across as a dumb jock and – He's a gunslinger. Something about that I really like. It seems like he can tune out the Harbaugh poise, quarterback poison and just sling the ball. But I say put J.J. in there. Let him learn. Let him grow. If you're not excited about this year already, uh, then grow with the guy. Get better with him. It'll have him be your quarterback for three years because we haven't seen that in ages to have a quarterback for years at Michigan. And then when he inevitably gets hurt, because he's going to, because he plays at Michigan, he's going to get tackled too hard or something, then put Cade in. And you got Gunslinger Cade coming in, who uh, that's going to be exciting, having him come off the bench knowing that you got a guy who's just going to sling the ball and not be afraid of what happens so he can keep you in the game. Or, I mean, he might lose you the game too. Who knows? But <laughs> it'll be exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got uh, pretty much all new coaching staff uh, defensively. Pretty much everyone except for uh, what's his name, the defensive line, uh, Sean Nua. And offensively, they've got new offensive, uh, new co-offensive coordinator, so uh, and a new offensive line coach, and uh, I believe a new quarterback coach. So almost the entire coaching staff's been shaken up. I, I think it's going to take some time to install and implement their new direction as a program. So. Uh, I'm not expecting miracles in year one, so if you're going to be building, I, w- I would think, yeah, let's let's build with our five-star quarterback and uh, help him get the team where they want to go in the next two to three years because uh, I think they've got some building to do, unfortunately, which shouldn't be the case, but that's where we're at as the uh, Michigan Wolverines football program. So hopefully some of the Juwan Howard magic can rub off on them. But, yeah, let's... Let's talk less about football because it bums me out. <laughs> well, <laughs> we may have one more football topic to talk about next week, and that's because uh, I think he's the number one cornerback in the country. Uh, he's a five-star cornerback. He's set. He's making his de- decision February twenty-eighth. So. Oh yeah, Will Johnson. Uh, yeah, Will Johnson, and Michigan's. Uh, he, he Michigan just got a crystal ball for him. So we'll see what he chooses. Uh, but again, not getting my hopes up there. Let's move on to our last segment, and that is, I Cody, I, if you're still there, we I don't know if you heard last week, we have a new phone number for people to call in, leave us texts and voicemails so we can talk and discuss them. That number is 2345-MY-CODY, M-I-CODY, <laughs> Michigan Cody. If you're one that doesn't know how to do the letters, it's two three four five six four two six three nine. Uh first week we didn't get a lot of messages, but we got two. We're gonna go over those real quick. We got two text messages, which was great. The first one says Hello, longtime listener, first time caller here. Still hurting over the departure of Cody from the pod. What Star Wars character is Cody being right now? <laughs> You got a good one for this, Trav? <laughs> oh man, I don't have a good one off the off the dome. Uh, you you got a good one first, Bren? Uh, well, when I think of Cody and 
you know, leaving the pot, I think of heartbreak. So I'm going to have to go deep to the well of one of Cody's uh, favorite, not maybe not favorite, but he defends this one to me a lot. <laughs> Solo, a Star Wars story. And Cody is Kira, the chick that <laughs> is super in love with Han Solo. And the whole movie is like all about him. And at the very end, she decides to stab him in the back and leave because she's worried about Darth Maul. And that, that just it makes me so mad because she loved him and he loved her and that's why he's all jaded. And guess what? Are we ever going to get to see her again? No. Are we going to watch Darth Maul and her? No. So why did they have to do that to us? It's not fair. <laughs> I'm going to go along the same lines of heartbreak. Uh, not saying that Cody is Sith Lord Anakin, but more so that you and I are Padme when she goes, <laughs> you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Every week, asking Code, Code, you ready for the pod? And he can't join us yet. Uh, he's still in, still in podcast remission. I feel like Padme is breaking our heart every week. Boy, Cody, you better <laughs> hope I don't go into childbirth. <laughs> I will die. Yep. <laughs> All right. We got one more text, and that text is, Hey, I've been a big J4S fan since episode one, but lately I feel like you guys are missing something. The intros have become stagnant. <laughs> the takes feel like they're missing another opinion or point of view. Is there something you guys can do to rectify this and get back to what I loved about Jonesing for Sports? Thanks. Well, I can think of one thing. Um, and obviously it's getting back to our comparison game. <laughs> getting those comparisons going again. Obviously, uh, we're not missing any hosts or anything, but if we can get some comparisons back, I think that will up our game. You know, I actually disagree. I, I think that maybe we are missing some hosts, and uh, one of my next on my agenda after we close out this pod, I'm going to go clean my fish tank, and I'm about to get <laughs> some fish, and maybe no they way. could jump on the pod one of these days. They pro I'll have to translate because they can't speak, but uh, some some differing uh, perspectives would be nice. Uh, but I don't actually have fish yet, but I'm going to, and I'm really excited. And uh, Have you uh, picked out what kind of fish you're going to get? Yep. Ooh. How many fish are you getting? Um, I am going to get somewhere in the ballpark of, like, six fish maybe seven awesome but then i'm also gonna have some shrimp oh no way yeah you remember finding nemo the little shrimp that like would clean the tank he was a little french one yeah yeah i'm gonna get some of them because they they actually help keep the tank clean <clears throat> oh in other fish news guess what we were cleaning the uh, car wash tunnel last night i say we i wasn't i guess i sent the picture guess what the guys at the car wash found in the car wash as they were cleaning last night a fish yes they found a fish <laughs> it was this little like one inch long minnow uh just laying there in the car wash so uh yeah i, I really hope that that you're you're not just taking the water from the streams and oceans and the <laughs> fish are coming out that would be a horrible I, hazard i like to think that it was a nemo escape attempt that they he chose the wrong pipe and ended up at the car wash and not the ocean. Oh. <laughs> what I think really happened, it was probably a bait fish that was in the back of a truck that or something. <laughs> Somebody else suggested maybe it was an anchovy off a of pizza. Um, but yeah, if you got another option of where you think that fish came from, give us a call. <laughs> Let us know in our voicemail or text us. Again, that is 2345. 642639 or 2345MICody. <laughs> this has been really fun because we've got Cody sitting here with us. He's doing his homework, but we get little reactions from here or there. Uh, 
Cody took a, a quick bathroom break in the middle of this podcast <laughs> and <laughs> he is listening to us on his phone and his face froze. And while Brandon's giving this super hot take on Ohio State Michigan basketball, Cody's face is just frozen on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard for me to focus on what I was saying. I was watching him make, you know, like push faces. <laughs> Code, if you ever want to refute any of this info, you know where to find us. It's on this pod next week, same time. All right. Yeah, he shook his head. That means he's joining us. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks again for joining us this week, guys. Next week, hopefully, we have some great content to talk about. There's some great games going on tonight, so I know we will. And uh, good luck to Michigan and Michigan State tonight in their big games. And we'll see you guys next week.